Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Yankee Cowboy Podcast. I am your host, Tim Wilkins, and today we're going to be reviewing uh, the 727 AEW Dynamite and then the 729 AEW Rampage episode, which, if you really get down to the bottom of it, thank God I combined both shows into one podcast because this is a fruitful bunch of garbage wrestling I've ever seen in my life. I will say, however, at the time of this recording, that hopefully AE, you know, SummerSlam, WWE SummerSlam will be in better spirits and, and hopefully a better situation. Uh, AEW Dynamite on July 27th was recorded and taped in Worcester, Mass. Not Worcester, not Woodchester, Worcester. Worcester, Massachusetts, the DCU Center. And uh, I, I will say, uh, very interesting car from top to bottom. I'm very intrigued on what to see from WWE SummerSlam on the creative side and what they do going forward into the era of Triple H. Now, uh, AEW Dynamite, I've always and still am a skeptic will continue to be a skeptic as they have zero booking talent. They have plenty of talent, but no booker. So, and to me, it has become apparent that no matter what we see from talent, we're not going to see talented booking. So, let's get right into the review. I want to take this time to feel free to follow me on social media at YankeeCowboy27 on Twitter. Same for the handle on Instagram. Feel free to like, follow, and uh, hopefully continue on the listen here. Let's crack right into the action, shall we? Uh, AEW Dynamite opens up at the interim heavyweight AEW heavyweight championship with El Toro Blanco, Roosh, versus Cosplay Stone Cold himself. John Moxley. Thank God for William Regal on commentary. Hopefully this match this match actually worked itself through. Uh, this give you a heads up. Roosh actually defeated his brother at uh, AEW Death Before Dishonor earlier this evening. Uh, and this is the first time Moxley and Roosh have actually been in together in the States. Uh, Roosh attacks Moxley very quick and does a very quick introduction here. Uh, as he's, you know, Moxley still does this wild thing introduction through the crowd, and he does a whole throw in the water bottle, does a whole bunch of nonsense, and doesn't really need to do it. Uh, a lot of, I would say, a lot of stupidity on the outside, throwing people into stairs and to barricades. And just overall, when they finally get into the ring, they do a couple moves, and then they go to a TV timeout or a TV break, commercial break. Obviously, they do picture in picture. And uh, it's just typical John Moxley match where it's all hardcore, doesn't get the job done for me. And uh, they come back from the break. Moxley hits a superplex off the top. Um, both men are back and forth. Not a lot of storytelling in this match. Um, 
obviously with Roosh being the heel uh, does obviously a heel move with a, uh, a kick to the uh, what they like to say uh, Jiminy Crickets uh, it just really in my opinion really just a functional match to open the show and it's it's becoming more and more apparent that they try to hold the rating from the Big Bang Theory which is on TBS they try to hold that rating into the first segment and they seem to keep failing and I want to keep on going and talk about this but I really can't because the match is terrible uh, they do a you know, my, even Andrade comes down after Jose, the assistant's there, does another heel spot with a crotch of Moxley on the top rope. Lucha Brothers run down, chase chase Andrade off, and basically Moxley finishes up with a submission on a bulldog choke for a submission. Um, very anticlimactic match, and I, I'm just going to say this, not, not a fan. Just, I think Roosh looked weak in this match. Um, the brutality and the super physical style worked his interest, but uh, just not a fan. The next segment went right into the Jericho Appreciation Society with JAS. And Jericho con- comes out and congratulates Moxley for beating Roosh. You know, he says Mox is on a roll, and he does pretty much a anticlimactic promo talking about Daniel Garcia, Sammy Guevara, Anna J. And Anna J does herself a really big disservice on the mic, and, and I'm just not a fan. Jericho just needs, it has so much go home heat, it's just beyond insane to understand. Because he keeps coming back to whatever gimmick he wants to come back to. And it gets over barely. And it gets done. It's just stupid. Boxer says he's used to looking up to Jericho. Or he used to look up to Jericho. Excuse me. And he says in his own way he's the goat in wrestling. But he's so sick of his back and forth sports entertainment crap. Which I think the fans can agree. But he says he wants the Lionheart. And if he wants to defend his title against him. And. So that's going to be interesting. Uh, if they do match up. If Jericho does come out like the old WCW Lionheart. It's going to be very interesting long term. Make a long story short. After that promo died off and went to commercial break, they come back. Excalibur comes back from the break and introduces the new AEW Trios Championship, which will be crowned at All Out. I'm not going to discuss this any more than we have to, but AEW already has way too many belts as it is and way too many people on the roster for TV time that they allot. So, all this does is as I call it, hot shot the book, and you're going to see very small returns on this trio. And I don't see it being anything more than 
an Atlantic title or a lower down title. Uh, after Excalibur introduces the trios championship, the Dante Martin does a promo with Sammy Guevara. Obviously, they're facing off that night, and he'll have Sky Blue in his corner. I don't know who the hell that is. There's no introduction to these characters. Like they're they're assuming that we all know who these people are, but without an introduction, what are you gonna do? You're gonna sit there and shrug your shoulders and go, okay, who cares, right? Uh, after that promo, it goes into the FTW Championship with Absolute Ricky Stocks and Danhausen. Uh, which, by the way, they did a really nice job with the Ricky Starks uh, introduction video before he came out, overly promoting him as a uh, as a heel. And he does a great job. Then you go. Dan Housen comes out, does a quick, takes a couple offensive moves. It's a squash match, basically. It comes out to uh, Starks winning it quickly. And then he challenges, you know, he still he has something more in the tank. And he basically opens up the challenge again. And Hook comes out. And not sure what the incentive here was uh, to do this match or to do this, but. It's just, why? There's a question of why. Why take the title off of Starks? Starks is probably one of your biggest stars in the promotion. And you take a, a namesake title off of him. And you devalue him as an entertainer. And Hook wins the match with a submission. And... It's kind of a weird match, and it comes back from commercial break. It goes to commercial break after Hook wins via submission. And Tony Schiavone, they open back up with the commercial break, and Tony Schiavone is in the ring and asks Starks his decision to do his second match if he regrets it. And what the issue I have with this is Starks does a promo that pretty much puts himself over. Does a great job. But it shows by the booking that AEW doesn't care. And, of course, Hobb turns on Ricky Starks, which I'm not sure why they would turn him against him. doesn't make any sense. Just a lot of, huh, kind of going on with the booking. And I think, personally, what you're going to see down the road now is with Triple H coming in at WWE Creative, AEW is going to have to hot shot the book a lot more to try to draw. Right now, Raw, Raw WWE SmackDown drew, I think, a 2.10 2, 2. Um, for the first SmackDown. That's not after the announcement. Still doing pretty well. So that's where I kind of think they, they're dropping the ball here pretty bad with, uh, with Ricky. I think they could do a lot better. He should be he should be the TNT champion or the Atlantic champion, and he's not getting that opportunity. So, kind of disappointed in that. Hopefully, they do something better with him going down at the road. Other than this terrible storyline with Hobbs, which could have been more of an enforcer, 
and he could have done the big man role and got over, but this is not going to end well. Uh, after that promo, they, they kind of go into this scenario of shitty match. Uh, I'll just say it. Just terrible, terrible matches. They go with the Spanish, obviously, Sammy Guevara versus Dante Martin. Very, very just bleh. It's a spot fest. If you want to watch a spot fest and a trampoline show between two guys, that's Guevara and that's Dante Martin. That's what that is. And there's no... Listen, I'm a fan of spots, right? I'm a big fan of showing some technical wrestling. But at the same time, when do you just go, Sammy, you're going to kill yourself? So, as I said, nothing more than a spot fest, in my opinion. And I don't see it being more than that. If you guys see it being more than that, feel free to tweet me and give me some email medicine. But I don't see that being any more than that. Kavar is a great wrestler, but he's a spotty guy. He's a spot fest. And, uh, of course, everything in AEW has to have an afterbirth. So, Kavar wins the match by pinfall and by his finisher. Continues to beat on Martin until Sky Blue gets between them. Conte and Blue fight it out on each other. Anna Jay runs out and attacks Blue. She, you know, Jay and Conte beat her down with Ruby Soho or Ortiz and Kingston run them off. Why? Why do they need to have this nonchalant, stupid match and have an afterbirth? I get it, you want to keep the to build into something more, but it gets old after a while. Constant afterbirth. And just, to, just can't ever have a standalone segment. And it's really frustrating as a fan. Uh, after that segment, they transition into a Daniel Garcia promo against Danielson. And I'm going to talk about this main event later on but they really don't they still they still keep with the same two segments promo match two segments match two segments match they still keep with that same structure of if you ever watch an AEW show it's very anti just really boring to certain points however after they come back from the commercial break with that Daniel Garcia, it's a Jay Lethal doing a promo talking about uh, the Samoa Joe match at the pay-per-view. And And Jay Lethal says, you know, I'll challenge you any time of the day on any Friday night. So, I think AEW needs to figure something out here long-term on, on the Ring of Honor, AEW, you know, kind of collusion. And just doesn't go anywhere. After that segment, it goes to Tony Schiavone interviewing Jungle Boy. And just, just surprising how Jungle Boy still hasn't gotten any better on the mic than he is 
and uses cuss words and you know just doesn't really bring it on a promo and he talks about Christian's personal life with his wife being divorced and but at the same time it doesn't it doesn't hit doesn't hit that storyline is not going to hit it's too too convoluted with personal stuff so uh, they do have a quick match after this uh, it's Swerve Strickland versus Tony Nese they do have a quick match there it's about 7 or 8 minutes long and Swerve Strickland wins with a pretty much a flying kick and typical AEW uh, they do a uh, Malachi Black and Brody King cut a promo on Miro and Darby Allen, and King challenges Allen to a coffin match, which I'm assuming it's going to happen probably at All Out. Um, Pac is then shown uh, on the show uh, defending the All Atlantic title in England against Connor Mills last week uh, or the week before. So that's kind of shown. Uh, a women's match is then in there with uh, Thunder Rosa versus Miyu Yamashiti. Uh, very typical women's match with Thunder Rosa. And I will say it in the most nicest form possible. It's a clunky, clunky startup of a match. And it looked like it was almost going to fall apart. And it really kind of kicked it into the break. It kind of kicked it into the drive before the commercial break. And then it kind of, after it, time to go home, it kind of got to the overdrive and kind of got put together pretty nice. Big sequence of events here. Um, Yamashiti goes for a fireman's carry. Rosa does a false finish for a two count. Um, Yamashiti reverses into a near fall of her own after that. Spinning head kick followed by back kick goes for a shining wizard. Rosa moves and hits a flying knee, and then uh, Rosa hits a roundhouse kick and fire thunder driver for the victory. So that's kind of how they finish it. It was very clunky in the first segment, which I think they could have done a lot better. But what are you gonna do? Um, very two different styles of wrestling, two different opportunities to just do things in a very unorthodox manner. Um, there's no storyline hype behind any of this, so that's typical Tony Khan, and I'll leave it at that. Um, and that's where I kind of get upset, because you see there, there's so much opportunity here, so much opportunity um, on the roster, on the women's side, um, which sort of Strickland, Jay Lethal, those guys, why don't you get those guys an Iron Man match? Let them go 60 minutes. Those guys can seriously put it together. Um, Small Joe doesn't have to work. I know he, I know he's working, but let them work a storyline together with Strickland and, and Jay Lethal. They both have very similar styles. They will work really well together. So, very disappointed in the way these guys are starting to get booked. Tony Khan needs to figure out what they're going to do with Ring of Honor because some of these guys are just getting misused from top to bottom here. 
it's getting seriously disappointing. Uh, the main event, which really caught me by surprise, I think, as a fan, I was caught off by guard, off guard by this, but at the same time, it made sense. Um, and I mean that because Danielson is should be a top commodity. It shouldn't be a thought ever about why they're the best. But they are. Brian Danielson does some of the greatest work in the ring. Um, bar none. And I think why do they continually do this to guys that are the money draw of the company and I, I'm just completely I lost respect for Tony Khan with this and I'm outraged by this and I hope many fans are as well but they put Daniel Garcia over Brian Danielson and it's an upset but Brian Danielson gets a concussion and to me the way they finish this off is playing on a head injury and a neck injury that's pretty serious and let's be honest here concussions and injuries in professional wrestling are well established but some of these guys that are in the ring right now have more concussions and neck injuries than you can ever imagine Edge, Danielson Punk Starks has a lot of neck injury and so I, I'm not a fan of how they booked this um, Danielson did a great job in this match I do have to give him credit for credits due great in-ring performance but what she wanted or they did a finish that was doesn't hurt Garcia long term but instead it was the other way around they protected Danielson and let Garcia go over really not that exciting and that's where I kind of just go eh. and I'm disappointed the show was kind of lackluster as a whole didn't have many ups and downs other than then I'm sorry didn't have very many high spots other than possibly the Garcia finish if you want to consider it that the women's match was clunky um the introduction of the trios title kind of was a letdown when they already have six titles and none of them get TV time. You know, the women's the women's TBS championship doesn't get TV time. The women the women's championship on TNT does. The tag team titles haven't been defended on TV in probably about a month. So it kind of stupid if you ask me. So that being said, guys, I give this episode of AEW Dynamite a huge big thumbs down. As well as the next show I'm about to talk about here in this podcast as well. I did it as a combo episode this time. And that is 
the AEW Rampage for 729 and I'm just Thank God I, I don't have to do a separate podcast with Rampage as a whole because that'll last all about 10 minutes. I could probably do that going forward. But this is getting to the point where it's just stupid. No point in booking anymore. No point in realistic op- opportunities for these guys to move up the ladder. It's just put on a match and let it have a go. It's Orange Cassidy and the best friends uh, the opening working with Jay Lethal. Sadeb Singh and Sanjay Dutt. Sanjay Dutt, by the way, is also a producer for the AEW company, and he's probably going to be one of the guys that runs creative going forward. Not really a great thing, if you ask me. Really just a boring, boring match. Typical, uh, I say about 10, 12 minutes. Uh... Orange Cassidy and Best Friends win with a sequence of moves that make zero sense to me whatsoever. And then Singh beat after the loss. Instead of selling the loss, Singh beats down the Best Friends. Lethal hits Cassidy with a lethal injection. Warlow comes out to a huge pop. They face off. Obviously, it's going to be Jay Lethal versus Warlow for the TNT Championship. They're going to promote that going up forward because Jay Lethal wants the title. Next match is Ethan Page versus Leon Ruffin, which give that about seven to eight minutes and terrible, uh, just terrible. Seven or eight minutes. Ethan Page beats uh, Leon Ruffin with Ego's Edge. Seven or eight minutes, not worth talking about in my opinion. It's probably one of the hardest shows to watch right here because none of this this is an hour-long episodic television show that goes on tv or tnt every week no storyline continuation no understanding of who this is it's basically like superstars or velocity all over again so uh cole carter who used to be Troy Donovan in NXT is over in AEW now working dark matches. He does a promo. Um, kind of stupidly allows QT Marshall to get back on television and does a promo offering him a spot in the factory. Just makes zero sense why these guys are on television. And then you have, which I'll say it, they do a Lee Moriarty versus Matt Seidel match, and just stupid. 15 minutes, Lee Moriarty beats Seidel. Why? And then it goes into a typical uh, just disappointing the way these guys are getting booked. It's like a hot shot style of booking. You see it more and more. And it gets old. And I'm just sick and tired of just 
seeing these guys with no rhyme or reason win matches. It doesn't make any sense. Why, why are these guys getting put over? And uh, after that match, they do a quick segment, a quick promo for Britt Baker uh, and, and Rebel or uh, do a promo hyping up their match for next week's uh, AEW Dynamite match between uh, Tony Storm and Thunder Rosa. And so that's a decent promo. I give I give Britt Baker a little bit of credit where credit credits due when it comes to a promo, but it gets it's. It'll be interesting to see how that match goes. It, it could be definitely be a clunky one, just like the one we just saw there on AEW Dynamite. So, I'm I'm just disappointed with the next three matches here because it doesn't make a lot. They, typical AEW booking style. They do two promo segments. They do a Tony Schiavone doing a Claudio Castagnoli introduction of the new Ring of Honor champion. And it doesn't really click. Um, he got put over. He got put over over the weekend at that pay per view for Ring of Honor, and no reason for that. Claudio's brand new to Ring of Honor and AEW. If you want to make a splash, let him go for the championship of the TNT title. Do something that, of a regard for AEW and draw an audience that direction. Uh, another segment. The acclaimed premieres a new music video, and next thing you know, they're doing a dumpster match on the on this week's eight uh, following week AEW Dynamite. Just just stupid, stupid matches here. A Anna J and Ruby Soho might be the match of the night in my opinion. It's quick and easy, eight minute about 50, about twelve minutes, solid main event. Uh, just easy. Uh. Anna Jay uses the cast of Ruby Soho to deliver the Queen Slayer. The choke out puts her to sleep and wins. Really quick, easy finish. And overall, I will say, AEW TV needs to really do some kind of soul searching and find its way. And if it doesn't do it soon, with Triple H taking over WWE Creative here, they're going to get taken out of business in a hurry. So that being said, Hope everyone had an awesome, awesome week. Appreciate the listen. This is my review for AEW Dynamite and Rampage. We're going to have the WWE SummerSlam episode come up, as well as the following week's AEW Dynamite and Rampage coming out probably Saturday of next week. I want to appreciate everyone's listen. Hey, feel free to follow me on uh, Instagram, Twitter, at YankeeCowboy27. And I uh, hope everyone has a great evening. Thank you.